Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For recordings of our sermons and more podcasts, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Clone, one of the assistant pastors here. I'm Chris Webster, assistant pastor of worship and communication. I'm Dave McMurray, preaching pastor. Look at that. We're so smooth. Yeah. I've got a cold, so I'm going to be serious. <laughs> Say my real title. <laughs> so serious. Why so serious? Well, this week, uh, we're in... <laughs> notes fell. Everything falling everywhere. We're nervous that this is going to be a bad podcast. It's already started off great. I don't know what you guys are worried about. High quality. Tragedy is always more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Tragedy is comedy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tragic comedy. Well, we're in Genesis, uh, technically, chapter 43, 44, and a little bit of 45 this week. Just a smidge. I missed the end where you went into 45, so Mm. I didn't take that with me to Sunday school or to small group last week, and then all of a sudden at small group, or last week, yesterday, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden at small group, they're like, and then everything works out okay, and I was like, wait, (laughs) Wait, what? what? (laughs) No, we're not there yet. They're like, no, we are. That was really embarrassing. But you know, whatever. So we're in Genesis chapter 43, um, verse 15, through the beginning of chapter 45. What did you do? A couple verses? Uh, yeah, I really just mentioned some of it. You know, I didn't like read through the whole thing. I didn't actually read it. Okay. I just introduced the reveal of Joseph so that we could come back to it next week. Yeah, and that's what I missed. I was like, oh, no, we just went through the end of 44. His yeah. questions were the end of 44. I was mm-hmm, in the sermon. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I was not in for that part. I cheated so. a little bit. Well, overarching series of Joseph is God's purpose in a dysfunctional world. God's purposes in a dysfunctional world. Um, This week it was character refined. And you base off of Joseph testing his brothers again and testing being a form of refinement. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you said they're refined by fear and grace, refined by empathy, and refined into sacrifice. Very good. My autocorrect... Change it to refined by fear and grace, refund by empathy, and refunded into sacrifice. <laughs> nice. As, so as I was reading, Maybe I had I to be like, no, that says refined. <laughs> that says refined. That says refined. Yes. But um, so your first first point was from, you know, the end of last week, kind of where we ended. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob sending the brothers to go back to Joseph, mm-hmm. choosing mm-hmm. to say, you know, if I'm distressed, I'm distressed. All the way into, I guess, a recap of of this week's story. The chapters we read are, they leave Canaan again, go to Egypt, show up in Egypt, uh, and they get sent to Joseph's house. Mm -hmm. They freak out a little bit, Mm -hmm. get to Joseph's house, and Joseph welcomes them in. He has dinner with them, Mm -hmm. um, doesn't eat at the same table as them, but like brings them into his table, into his, his, uh, I don't know. I was going to say kitchen, but that's not right. His Brings him into his house. Place. and <laughs> His place. Mm-hmm. Brings him into his house and, and has supper with him, mm-hmm. eats with him, and he's testing them still in this process. And then uh, he sends them on their way, and he tests them again mm-hmm. um, by, by putting silver cup uh, into Benjamin's sack. Mm-hmm. Then he sends his servant to go catch up with them and say, hey, there's stuff missing, like... We know mm-hmm. you stole it. Mm-hmm. Goes through all their bags and finds it in Benjamin's sack. At this point, the brothers basically freak out, say, you know, this 
this is horrible. Take us, make us your slaves. Like, don't take Benjamin. Our, our father will be ruined if you take Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're kind of passing the test instead of Joseph says, or Joseph's servant says, you can just leave, go mm-hmm. back to Canaan. Mm-hmm. We're just going to keep Benjamin. He's the one who did wrong. We'll just keep him. Yeah. And they pack up their stuff. And instead of going home, they go back to Joseph and they mm-hmm. plead and they say, uh, you know, take us instead, keep us all. And then Judah says, just keep me like mm-hmm. send everybody else, send Benjamin home. It'll kill mm-hmm. my father. Mm-hmm. Keep me. He puts himself forward as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this brings Joseph to emotion mm. and uh, <laughs> and he cries loudly and everybody hears and real loud and uh, that's such a manly way to say it this has brought me to emotion <laughs> <laughs> manly or robot, right? robotic, I'm not, yeah. sometimes I'm not Same sure thing. what I am either I'm a man or a like robot like a manly robot <laughs> it brought him to emotion <laughs> it caused him to feel feelings uh, yes but it, it brings him to mm you know gut-wrenching emotion yeah. and and he he finally reveals himself to the brothers and says sends everyone away and says i'm joseph so in private tells them like uh, mm-hmm. i'm your brother mm-hmm. you know and what you meant for evil god meant for good that's kind of where you ended at least yeah. in second service when i went back yeah. and listened so when he takes off the rubber mask the rubber mask <laughs> <laughs> sorry you know like scooby-doo or mission uh, impossible yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> reveals himself and it would have gotten away with it too <laughs> Sorry, keep going. This is crazy. It's <laughs> all right. Welcome to Crazy Town. Just to be clear, he Population didn't really three. wear a rubber mask. That was a joke, people. Well, he took off his probably makeup mask. He yeah, probably, probably took off makeup. Probably took off his headdress, his cobra cobra hat. Hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably came near them. Right. That's one mm-hmm. of the things I think. It's mm. not really in the story, but yeah. But uh, you know, second in command back then it wasn't same. You know, we didn't have. They didn't have news and tv and pictures and mm-hmm. and all that so second in command over all of egypt would have been somebody who was separate from them i mean we even see that him eating at the table right he's yeah. he's separate from them because of his royalty so mm-hmm. probably my imagination isn't correct me if i'm wrong but my imagination is they never probably got close enough to joseph mm-hmm. to even wonder is this our brother right they're having conversations with him, but it's through an interpreter. Yeah. So if you ever had conversations with interpreters, a lot of times we do mm-hmm. a bad job of not recognizing the person mm. that we're talking to. We actually talk to the interpreter. Yeah. Kind of ignore the person we're talking to. I think that probably played into it. And then obviously some separation, right? Someone comes for grain. Mm-hmm. Joseph's not going to be like three feet away from them, probably for lots of reasons. Right. Maybe for fear of being attacked, right. et cetera. Maybe There's some like probably, secret service protection and... Distance, yeah. And, yeah. So, so I would imagine, and, and this could be mm-hmm. not right at all, but I'd imagine there was also some form of physical separation where they weren't super close to him. So finally he, you know, takes off his headdress, mm-hmm. takes off his makeup maybe, or at least his tears are probably taken off his makeup, Yeah, and comes near to them. Yeah. And that's when it's like, I'm your brother, like, look at yeah. me. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good insight. Yeah, it's not something we really thought about. But yeah, that line where he says, come near to me, I think mm. invites a lot of that thinking i think that's a good idea and i think it's it's really cool when they're just like silent and confounded yeah. <laughs> they're stunned and they're like ooh, what yeah. do we do but it's amazing well anyway so that's a summary we mm-hmm. did kind of catch into to some of those things but as a summary i guess your your first point character um refined by fear and by grace mm. and that's from i guess a little bit about them not wanting or not not wanting jacob not wanting them to go back to mm-hmm. egypt and then them coming, showing up, 
and meeting yeah. the steward. So they meet the steward. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really afraid. It says, you know, literally they were afraid. And in their minds, it was really weird to them being invited to Joseph's house. So that was a real strange dynamic. Kind of going back to what you were saying, there was probably some separation from the important man. And now all of a sudden they're invited to the important man's house, you know, instead of the public setting where they'd been interacting with him. Um, so they, they say, I think it's verse 18. Yeah, and the men were afraid because they were brought to Joseph's house. And they said, it's because of the money. You know, and they, they're thinking, okay, it's because of the money. He's brought us to the house. There's going to be some sort of secret, you know, back alley murder that's going to take place or they're going to steal all our stuff or something. Well, because like when they left last time, they got all their silver back. Yeah. You know, yeah. So all their silver's put back in their bags. Mm-hmm. And so they're freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said it's it's not just fear, but also the grace that freaks them out a little bit. Yeah, I think it was them. that combination, like one-two punch. It was disorienting. You know, they were terrified of what would happen. He had been harsh and mean to them before. And then the silver was put back in their sacks. And now they're thinking, oh, no, now we're going to get falsely accused. He's already accused us of being spies. Now it looks like we stole this money. So they go up and make sure to, you know, return the money and make make all that clear with the steward. And then the steward just shows them grace and says, no, God is God is taking care of that. We got our money. You know, you're okay. Your God is looking out for you. And so there's this weird, I think, disorientation where, you know, in the last episode, they recognize their guilt. And now in this episode, they're being shown kindness and grace. And it's, I, I think, kind of throwing them off balance. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. The steward says, I had your money. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I loved, I was just thinking about that too, just um, applying that to God too and mm-hmm. the perfect judge and how great it is mm-hmm. that he doesn't play games with us and he doesn't, he doesn't, I guess even the grace, I was thinking, so it led me to that was mm-hmm. uh, the gra- how you said grace freaks them out because they don't, what, what you're really implying is they don't believe it's really grace. It's mm-hmm. like a ploy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's tricking us that he's being gracious now, and then he's going to really lay the hammer down. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was just really thankful uh, that we have a God that doesn't change. He's perfectly just, and he's perfectly merciful, and we know he's not, he's not just toying with us <laughs> mm-hmm. from time to time. Because there really are religions that that believe that, right? Mm-hmm. That that God can do whatever he wants, including, mm-hmm. you know, trick us, and including just mm-hmm. acting one way one day and one way another day. And um, yeah. I just think it's a beautiful thing about our God. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, what you're talking about is some of the fears and questions that this story brings out because there is some trickery and deception that takes place. Mm-hmm. And so I think everybody kind of wrestles with this text in different ways. I've said the last two weeks, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on justifying Joseph's behavior. You know, like I don't, I think the story is supposed to hit us as a story, you know, it's not supposed to hit us as, you know, five ways to be exactly like Joseph and imitate everything he does, you know? And so it's just kind of a weird balance we're trying to walk of saying, what would it be like if this happened? Um, so on the one hand, I've, I've defended, meh, I think, I think Joseph has the rights to do what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I don't think, like you're saying, or you're implying, I don't think it's a model of everything Joseph does is exactly how God deals with us. You know, there's a there's a tension there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you did tie it in with God's testing and mm-hmm. uh, but God does test and us refining and it and, is painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So. yeah. So yeah, there's a tension there of of I guess not wanting to too meticulously say in every little detail this is exactly how God works, but in the big details, God does painful things 
it's clear God does mm-hmm. painful tests. And, and that's the, you know, I quoted Zechariah 17.3. I thought it was the clearest verse about, it's just like how God tests our hearts. It's just, just in the same way that we would melt and refine silver or gold is the paraphrase of Zechariah 17.3. But that's repeated multiple times. It's in the Proverbs. It's in the Psalms. It occurs in other places as well. It was in a lot of 80s praise songs and even even a 90s praise song. Even in 90s. <laughs> well, I guess that's that's sort of my distinction that's mm-hmm. important in my brain to make mm-hmm. of though the circumstances may feel very similar, I think the the key question is who am I dealing with? Mm. And so for the brothers in these circumstances, in these things that Joseph is dealing with, are doing to them, basically, mm-hmm. they don't know who they're dealing with. They don't know if he can be trusted. They mm-hmm. literally don't know it's him, that's mm-hmm. Joseph. Mm-hmm. And But for us, right, to apply that, we might be in those same circumstances. God may allow these things to be happening to us and famine and, and plague and hard things, right? But again, that question, who am I dealing with? It allows you to not just completely lose all mooring and just mm-hmm. be adrift in this like total chaos it, it that's the whole point is god is the firm foundation mm-hmm. i think that's the psalms right of saying both crying out to god and saying what the heck is happening like i don't understand this and this feels terrible mm-hmm. but and there's that but there that says but you are this way you stand firm you do, don't change so mm-hmm. i think that was that was my thought of who am I dealing with is makes all the yeah. difference. Well, and, and we see in the story that Joseph is relying on God throughout all of it, and he's mm-hmm. recognized that's his underlying mm-hmm. uh, foundation, underlying thought, assumption yeah. is that, you know, what you guys meant for evil, God meant for good. And so mm-hmm. he already has that as his back, is that God's already meant this for good. God's already, you know, been working through it, and, and I'm making sure that you're on the same page with me mm-hmm. in that is kind of, you know, we see at least now at the end of this sermon this week that, yeah. well, again, I don't know how much you read into that part, but mm-hmm. I read it after I realized mm-hmm. you covered it. And mm-hmm. so we do see, you know, him saying that, you know, God was in control over all of this. And so he's, you know, he's refining, he's helped building their character in this, but really the backdrop is God doing it. Yeah. So I think, I feel like we're dancing around this. Mm-hmm. So let's just ask, do y'all think Joseph crossed the line? Would you do what Joseph did? Do you feel like it was crossing the line of morality or deception in an inappropriate way? I mean, if he would not have told them, I'm Joseph and mm-hmm. this is what I was doing and God meant it. I mean, if he so wouldn't. feel like the final reveal kind of justified some of the play acting earlier so almost a different way to ask did he lie or and was lying uh-huh. wrong because i think that to me his misleading like yeah like the lying was the the biggest thing that was like is that wrong because i'm not worried about so you're saying being he harsh. did lie well no i'm saying <laughs> i'm saying his harshness didn't bother me mm-hmm. his his the games didn't really bother me at the core of what what maybe could have been too far was that he was saying something that wasn't true or he, I don't know. I I don't think he went too far, but it is kind of, mm-hmm. I, we, I think I just empathize uh, not to jump ahead, but yeah. <laughs> empathize with the brothers. Like, Oh my gosh, they must've just been like, who is this person? And why does he keep like hugging us and slapping us back and forth? <laughs> like, um, so I, I don't know. What He's would you say, friend. Joey? He's our enemy. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mm-hmm. think it's a little weird. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't do it modern day. Mm-hmm. You applied it kind of to mm-hmm. like a relationship with an individual, whether dating or hiring. Mm-hmm. You kind of tied it to that. And I actually thought it was a little weird when you said, mm-hmm. yeah, when you're dating somebody, you should test them and mm-hmm. like see how they interact in this type of situation that type of situation yeah, I was like yeah. that feels slimy yeah when you said that so uh-huh. i guess putting it in that light maybe it does feel a little slimy but yeah um so here's a scenario i just listened to a podcast the day before on interviewing people and it said here's a suggestion go out to a restaurant and set it up with the server to get their order wrong and see what happens and i immediately thought that's wrong you can't do that because that's like gamesmanship you know like that's like deception and toying with people I was like, that's kind of what Joseph did. I was, I was, I was struggling with it. Like, well, maybe that would be okay. So that I hate that because that makes it. That also feels like all the crazy YouTube prank videos where, like, mm. why are you such a jerk to your your girlfriend? And like, oh yeah. But but I think what it did make me think of was the mm-hmm. non slimy version of man. Are you in real life situations? Yeah. And as a believer, like, go serve together somewhere mm-hmm. because that's instantly. Yeah, uncomfortable and instantly yeah. difficult. So that's the low-hanging like, fruit. You don't yeah. necessarily have to deceive <laughs> to do this. You could set up situations via, let's just live life in different situations. That's different than, okay, waiter, we'll <laughs> have you lie and do the wrong thing. I mean, that's going to take yeah. a long time, and you can't yeah. see that person in that situation necessarily. Maybe even mm-hmm. for 10 years or 20 mm-hmm. years, you might not see them in that situation. So I can see as someone hiring, it's pretty harmless to say like, Mm-hmm. Oh, you asked for, I don't know, mm-hmm. hash browns instead of potatoes, and I still brought you potatoes. Yeah. And then you're going to, you know, the waiter's going to fix it. Right. But you're trying to see, are they going to freak out, or right. are they going to, you know, be a normal person about right. it, or are they just going to be a pushover? I don't know what you're yeah. trying to see. Yeah. I guess mm-hmm. you could try and see a lot of things, like, did mm-hmm. they even say anything? They said nothing. So I don't want to have somebody working right. who doesn't They're say totally passive, I guess you or could find, they're a jerk. Yeah. You could find bad things in every mm-hmm. way they respond to that, but... Mm-hmm. I don't uh, yeah, know. I would say there. I don't think he crossed a moral line partially because there was no harm to them. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. what was the worst? Judah was in jail for some undetermined period of time. Do we know how long? Simeon is in jail. Or Simeon was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ju- right. So Joey's theory is they were watching a lot of football and hanging out <laughs> together during that time. No, I just think that he probably wasn't harsh to Simeon yeah. in prison. So I think he might have been in prison. He might have even been in Joseph's house, kind of like how Potiphar's mm-hmm. prison. So he might have been, you know, near to Joseph. Joseph yeah. wouldn't have been interacting with him. He probably wouldn't have shared. Yeah, maybe he was like, his I'm pool Joseph, boy or something. But <laughs> <laughs> he was yes, also near the, <laughs> he was near the food source. So, like, in yeah. some ways he might have been yeah, better so, fed than... Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, again, most of what he did was toy with their emotions. Mm-hmm. And we hold that really high in our country. But Yeah, so, uh, yeah. That, well, that's yeah. a good segue. I, I think a lot of this is because that is so important to us and i also think i've heard this with friends that have traveled to other countries that in other countries honesty slash deception is a huge difference culturally like honesty is really important in our culture but deception is no big deal in other cultures you know Mm. like i've got this theory that every culture has like eight of the ten commandments that that are big deal to them and then there are a couple that we just blow off and uh so I feel like that's an important one in our culture, maybe more than others. I don't know. Mm. I, don't know. I, I think it probably goes back to Joseph's position, too, mm-hmm. as governor and mm-hmm. testing, like we talked about a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But 
It was a pretty long con, though, that he was <laughs> yeah. playing. It, con. <laughs> I would say yeah. we we judge very strictly and we lie a ton. So we <laughs> we say so we, we we'll say you should con, never lie, like, but I'm going to lie all the time, <laughs> like in our actions, probably. So conning know. is okay when we do it, but not when other people do it. Well, yeah, I, we do it and don't call it conning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. true. But yeah. I mean, I just mean it was it was yeah. a long yeah. deception. I mean, yeah, yeah. he let them leave and go home and kept his brother in prison and. They stayed there for a long time until they ran mm-hmm. out of food again, and then they mm-hmm. come back, and now he brings them in, and then he sends them on his on their mm-hmm. way again. And yeah. So it wasn't just like this. Oh, I'm taking you out to eat, mm-hmm. and gonna let the server get something wrong. It, yeah. This was, yeah, yeah. I think I, c- I could make the case. I still have questions about it. Just to be clear, like that's why I brought it up. But I can make the case that in ancient Middle Eastern culture, he he was a tyrant that had absolute authority and so by that by those standards there wasn't anything he really did that was wrong mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and by standards of justice that they were guilty <laughs> they were extremely guilty so he's he's testing them towards clemency towards mercy in this mm-hmm. long con so it, with that kind of umbrella thinking it it's justifiable in my mind but i still yeah i still mm-hmm. have questions it still makes me squirm at times i think i'm gonna go with a uh, a new um, format for naming the episode. We're gonna just mm. go with the long con today. The, the long, long con, con. yeah, <laughs> that's love perfect. It. <laughs> so, you, in your summary, Joey, you skipped over my favorite test a uh, little bit. Dun, dun, so dun. after so this was food truck Sunday, and mm-hmm. we had a food truck outside of church after the service. So mm. afterwards, so that I was inspired. Right? I didn't stay. It was uh, good. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was inspired. So. We had gyros out there, Texas. I don't know how you say it. Gyros, gyros, gyros. I, I say the region. Gyros. Yes, I don't know. they call themselves so, gyros. So what we truck. did was, Do they? yeah. So what <laughs> we did was we bought gyros for all my kids except for Henry, our youngest. I bought five of <laughs> no, them. No, you didn't. And then, <laughs> no, I did. But okay, <laughs> but let's just say, let's just say though, Henry is the child of your favorite wife, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. Let's just, <laughs> let's just say. Uh, how amazingly over the top it was. So they gave Benjamin five times, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Like, like, that's not just like, oh man, he got more. Plus, plus, okay, plus they were like basically <laughs> starving. So yeah. he brings them into this feast and just like, what does this look like? He just piles mm-hmm. like I mean, to be fair, mountain. he was like a hungry teenager and we all know they could eat, <laughs> they could eat five times yes. as much as anyone. Oh, so. see, that <laughs> makes it seem like it, no big deal It wasn't now. even wow. a test, actually. Yeah. It was just... If he was like 20, that was just like food. It wasn't five times. Yeah. But but let's just say I feel like <laughs> just a, kidding everybody. Just I feel kidding. like you you made a good point of the twenty year change in the mm-hmm. behavior. But the brothers here get like some kind of mm-hmm. giant merit badge of like yeah. <laughs> not saying anything about. I mean, five times as much food is pretty ridiculous, especially when you're starving. Like, and yeah. they don't seem to freak out about it. That's yeah. that's pretty incredible. I think that it's interesting that the passing of their test, mm-hmm. the only. I guess hint that we get that they passed the test is that they get drunk. Yeah, they were all merry. <laughs> they Mary. were all merry, which which translates to translates they, into drunk. You know, they yeah. got drunk with Joseph. They had a good time with him. Yep. And I was like, huh, that's a very interesting mm-hmm. way to be like, okay, they passed the test. They were comfortable enough to mm-hmm. to hang out and drink and and enjoy their time here with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is weird that they don't really say anything, I guess, but mm-hmm. maybe no, they just felt mean, like we have more than... We it's kn- so over the top. It does make me wonder, are they starting to get these little clues of like... Well, yeah, in the birth know, order. He sat on yeah, the birth order. That's and, right. Yeah, yeah. And there's, that's just not even a subtle thing. It's just like... 
here's a pile of food in front of this guy. But yeah, I don't know. It's Mm -hmm. so weird that we can look at it and say, it's not even a subtle thing like to sit him in birth order. Mm -hmm. But if they didn't know this dude and they didn't know who he was, then (laughs) Mm -hmm. they might've just been like, this is really weird. Is Mm -hmm. God trying to tell us something? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, in the ancient world, the Egyptians were known for their magic skills and stuff. So, um, I think as believers in the one true God, that doesn't mean that they would have thought um, that the magic didn't exist in Egypt, I guess you'd say. There there are reasons for them to think, oh yeah, they can do special magical things here or something. Well, and Joseph was setting up that pattern too. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I noticed that throughout the story, right? He mm-hmm. did the cup and said, don't you know this is my master's divination cup? And mm-hmm. don't, and then he later says, don't you know I can do this? So yeah. I, it, uh, who knows why, but... Uh, but yeah, he's he's trying to. It seems like he's trying to give them the picture that he's a magician guy that can mm-hmm. all powerful. Well, some magician. commentators thought it was a play on words too. Oh. That again, he wasn't being deceptive. He was actually being true. So he was letting them think he meant divination in the yeah. magical dark arts of Egypt. But he actually meant, don't you know, I can speak for God. But yeah. cup thing is is a little weird because that yeah that would have been forbidden. Well, and the, I mean, the Egyptians knew him as the the dream guy yeah. too so right. like in so they the saw way that. he's showing it's both sides but mm-hmm. yeah. well and so did the brothers right yeah they should have yeah. if they knew it was joseph they mm-hmm. would have known he is the dream dude god yeah. does communicate with him yeah so the don't you know yeah is an interesting mm-hmm. question well and they probably that's true too because they they surely they'd well anyway i think it might be safe to say that they'd known these stories of this guy who just crazy rose to power mm-hmm. right people people knew how joseph became in that role yeah. but they you know hadn't connected that's the guy the little brother we sent you know as a mm-hmm. slave yeah mm-hmm. i wonder like yeah it doesn't set doesn't tell us but yeah it seems like they go to egypt and they just go to get grain and they meet this guy and he throws them in prison and sends them on their way and comes <laughs> back i wonder how much they knew about him because when they're talking about him to their father we don't hear like yeah he was this awesome guy who was the power he's here he questioned us and he yeah you know yeah good they might be just using blinders so much but i mean you but one would think that they would know but it's been at this point when they come 10 years since he interpreted the dream right so that story might have faded from the public yeah who knows i don't know Hmm. well we talked a lot about the testing you want to talk about (laughs) empathy Empathy. You want to talk about emotions. Telepathy. Emotions. <laughs> um, oh, did we talk? Yeah. Fear and grace. We talked about Fear that. Fear and grace. Yeah. That was the whole testing part. I think we covered it. <laughs> All right. Well, Proverbs 23 also is good. Hmm. If you want to pass this kind of test yourself, read Proverbs 23. So refined by empathy. And this is mostly, I guess, you mostly talked about the brothers feeling Jacob's hurt. Yeah. And if what would happen if Benjamin, uh, is it a little bit Joseph being refined too with his empathy that he feels or, you know, we see you him know, run out of the scene again, yeah, goes there, to the bathroom and touches his makeup That's a good point. Up. There is a little bit of that too. And, and I even in the next section started to read, you know, going, you know, it's the connection between the two points for me, but judah recounts the whole story you know you're like why would he recount the whole story like this uh, you know someone reading so confusing too yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's like but my lord said to my lord yeah. to his lord <laughs> his servant and my servant and your servant and, yeah <laughs> so judah recounts the whole story to joseph which i would i would argue is a, a case of 
him trying to pull Joseph into the empathy game after having just felt the empathy himself. So Judah and the brothers tore their clothes and feel empathy with Jacob. Oh, no, this is going to kill our dad. And then, oh, and of course, they go to the master mm-hmm. and the ruler who has the authority and says, yeah. please, but this is what's going on. This yeah, is, yeah. yeah, of course they do. I mean, that mm-hmm. we see that still today. Like. Yeah. I thought you missed one clothes staring that I thought I was noticing a pattern of. So you said they heard, you know, uh, the Benjamin was accused wrong and they tore their clothes. And so you said they were empathizing with before they had caused their father to tear his clothes. But mm-hmm. I thought even farther back, like they literally tore up Joseph's clothes. So like mm-hmm. they've gone mm-hmm. from attacker who didn't care what they were doing mm-hmm. to their dad mm-hmm. to protectors mm-hmm. that cared and then were tearing their own clothes and empathy. So anyway, yeah. just kind of a third layer That's of, good. of clothes. Yeah. There's tearing. so many layers of this. There's, yeah. there's so much stuff like this in the Joseph stories. It's like, just every, like every week in small group when we're talking about it, people in the group add like 10 more things. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, and that, and that, and that, yeah. It's good. Yeah. I mean, it's a narrative. We're supposed mm-hmm. to have all these weird hints mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. things in the story. And I think one of the similar things you talked about last night was the silver and mm, yeah, money totally being, left that out of being mentioned yeah. like 20 times. That's a technical or, thing that like a, a Jewish listener back in the day would have caught because of the way oral culture works. You know, you hear... You hear things and the stories are repeated. Silver is mentioned 20 times in this story. Whoa. And they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. So that's one of those like oral culture clues where it would you would have picked it up as a uh, kind of like how when we listen to music, we notice parts of the melody or the drum line. And when it comes and goes, they would have heard the story told again and again. They would have heard the 20. Dude, who is the first person to catch like, oh, he did it 20 times. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> that was That's like a, so a cool discovery. So yeah, wow. that much harder for us to see in our modern context. But. We played the track backwards and it <laughs> said it 20 times. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so cool. Mm-hmm. I never knew that. So mm-hmm. most of empathy is, I guess, the brothers just saying mm-hmm. or feeling, you know. Feeling the tragedy. Yeah, feeling the tragedy of Jacob and what he'll feel if he loses another son. Mm-hmm. But really by proxy, knowing like we caused this to come upon him in the beginning mm-hmm. and now we might be causing this to come upon him again. Yeah. Um, I think there's this moment in all of our lives when we feel the gravity of our sin. Sometimes it's like a relational, you know, I'm guilty before a holy God feeling. Sometimes it's very specific to the sin we just committed when we feel how we've hurt someone, you know? Um, but I think that's a wonderful gift. Hopefully, hopefully we've had that feeling in multiple arenas, but I think everybody feels it at least one time in a very dramatic way. Everyone who's a, who's a believer in Jesus, like, oh, I'm, I'm actually a sinner. You know, (laughs) I think sometimes it can just be cosmic and relational. Like I am a sinner and I need forgiveness, or it can be specific. Like I did this bad thing that really broke this person's heart and really messed things up. And I think I think that's a really key part of being a believer, having a you know having a conscience, recognizing uh, what we've done wrong. Mm. And you talked about some. There's you know some people don't have emotions, um, mm. not really, but <laughs> some people you know yeah. don't empathize as easily. Mm-hmm. As easily. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not capable of it. I think it's just kind of like. Or not commanded to it. That's kind of yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, you 
you talked about that some, and mm-hmm. I guess we don't have to talk about it more, but in in this section, I think it was pretty striking to be like, these dudes didn't empathize at all in the beginning. Like, they just straight up wanted to murder this dude, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, dude's got to go, right? They, mm-hmm. they were ready to get, get rid of him, mm-hmm. and instead of getting rid of him, they end up selling him slavery, but, you know, they weren't empathizing at all they come Mm -hmm. back to jacob and say is this your son's coat like Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. he dead yeah like they did none of it so this is a complete 180 which Mm -hmm. you tied it to in your sermon too but just a picture of you know trusting in god and turning from our sins and Mm -hmm. and having that complete 180 you know we we always say it in our little gospel presentations like Mm -hmm. Oh, turning from your sin means complete 180 and walking mm-hmm. away and abandoning them. But mm-hmm. I think this is a little bit of a different 180 that we see with, you know, mm-hmm. how they're relating with people and caring for people. Yeah. And it's just so different to go from, he's the favorite son, we hate him, let's kill him, mm-hmm. to please take my life instead of yeah. the brothers because it would kill my dad. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just, that's big. And so you said, for those of us who struggle with empathy, the the way to grow is listen, pay attention, slow down to care. Um, that was really good. It's fascinating. I was trying to like kind of unpack that transaction mm-hmm. in my head, and uh, mm-hmm. it really is that moving outside of yourself to understand. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. it's really a. Um, I guess the actually the 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 scenario that came to mind for me is I was talking to some, some friends and they were just talking about, this is really terrible. I won't say names, but they were just like, Oh, my wife keeps wanting to talk about these things. I don't care about. And I just like, Oh man. And then, you know, I was, I was kind of thinking, man, guys, wow. Okay. Mm. But, but it, but it kind of unlocked a little bit of what, what the hangup is. And, and so that, She's talking about a thing I don't care about. It's like she has a value in her head and in this conversation that I do not have in my head, right, mm-hmm. or in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a that's a really interesting way to think about this. Um, it's almost like <laughs> currency exchange, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't value what you value in this moment, and the, and then that's that's the the healthy way forward is to try to just at least start with. I don't care if I don't value it. You value it. I'm mm-hmm. going to sit down and listen and I'm trying to try to understand and then maybe mm-hmm. try to translate um, and see why why it matters so much to you because, mm-hmm. again, especially the guy-girl guy, the guy girl divides often is this baffling, like, why do you care about that? I think mm-hmm. um, it's really funny because I might get in trouble for this, but <laughs> my wife has tons of dreams all the time. And that's, mm. that's probably the closest I get to like, okay, she's telling me about the mouse that was the president and, and, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of just this like, but it matters, you know, it matters mm-hmm. to her. So I'm going to slow down and care. And, uh, but uh, there's much more important things too, uh, other than that. Like why, why does my wife talk about these emotions and what what is the value there and, and I'm gonna listen because I care about her and I'm gonna mm-hmm. try to feel what she feels so I don't know mm-hmm. that just kind of helped unlock that in a more concrete way what empathy can look like when you're having a hard time and what's yeah. the way forward um, for sure yeah I mean I think for those of us that are married the husband and wife relationship is a key place where we where we learn this where empathy is an important thing we have to figure out as men because obviously 
you know, men and women are absolutely different, you know, it's a, but there is some difference and a common difference is in this area where it's hard to, just hard to relate. I think in our culture, women practice sharing emotion with each other. It's a, it's kind of part of our social structure and men practice solving problems together, you know, in general, general categories, it's like two ways of relating. And, um, and so that's, uh, yeah, it's something we have to learn if we're married. So Ephesians five says that we are to love our wives as Christ loved the church. Mm. And the picture there is not a 50, 50 exchange. It is men take the initiative and enter into their world. I think is, well, is lay down command. your life, lay down your life. Yeah. Even more, not just enter into the world, but yeah, lay down your life. And, and that lays over perfectly with the broader command of, well, this is really how you relate to everybody. So it's not just a marriage thing, which it is in Ephesians 5, but in Philippians 2, it's a, hey, church, hey, everybody, have this mindset that Christ had. He left heaven, came down to earth, laid down his life, moved into our place. And then the text that I read was Romans 12, where it says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Um, Romans twelve sixteen says, live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. So it is a it's a pride humility thing. We can think we're above other people's emotions sometimes, mm. and we have to be humble enough to enter in and connect with people when they're hurt. Mm-hmm. And to drill down a little bit to lay down your life might mean lay down the, the video game controller and listen to what your wife wants to talk mm-hmm. about. I, yeah. think, I think we want to keep that on an epic level and not on a yeah. just like – or lay, lay down, down your efficiency. Time. I yeah. mean, I think as men, yeah. too, man, sorry, we're getting way off on gender stuff here, but <laughs> I think as men, we're often competitive mm. and we want to run as fast as we can run, metaphorically speaking. We want to get mm. things done. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you just can't run as fast with a family as you can by yourself. Mm. And I think every man has to come to a point, if he has a family, of saying, oh, yeah, the goal is not to run the same speed I could run by myself, you know, the goal is to take care of this family. Mm. Um, and maybe we're, you know, called to move forward and run somewhere together, but I can't run at the same speed. You know, I've got to take care of this family. And that's, a, that's I think, a hard thing for men to figure out. Totally. Take it back to empathy a little bit. I wonder mm-hmm. if it wasn't, I mean, obviously it wasn't if we're being commanded over and over to do it, but mm-hmm. I wonder if it wasn't a little easier when you could, you know, rip your clothes and put ashes over your head and like, Mm. you know, bring yourself actually into a physical state of being in that emotion, you know, so like right Mm. now we don't have that where like, oh, you're feeling empathy towards Mm. somebody like, yeah, do you put on black clothes? I guess that's like the funeral thing, but we don't have that anymore. I wonder if it, if it's harder for us to, Mm -hmm. to enter into that. I was just struck by, yeah, totally. And that seriousness of, they didn't have as much clothes as we have. Who knows how many changes they had, like two pairs of clothes. They rip it, and then they have to go back into the city with these ripped clothes showing They're like in their a state. Of, yeah. yeah. Mm. So th- keep I going, but yeah. Clothes, well, I think mm-hmm. the clothes, and uh, this yeah, could be way good. bad memory, but I think they had like a sewn-in section that was easy to rip and easy to repair mm. like mm-hmm. for that purpose, but... Yeah. Still, it's not like they had another set of clothes right there. They would have yeah. been showing that they were feeling emotion. Yeah. 
We are feeling emotion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think a uh, similar, <laughs> oh, Joey's a robot. I think a similar thing in our day and time would be like, we have clothes with buttons and you can rip them apart and maybe all the buttons pop off. And then, you know, next week you can sew the buttons back on. I think what it was kind Pearl of snaps. Maybe Pearl Snaps. Pearl, well, Pearl Snaps. I think that's cheating. Pearl Snaps is cheating. Because <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. they don't come off. It's Texas. There, there's I no damage. <laughs> Man, I was ripping my buttons sad about that. <laughs> but I do think... So I think... What just I want to back up to the black and white, what do we do thing. So I do think it's easier if you have, you know, this cultural norm of ripping your clothes. Okay, well, we can't... We don't have that in our culture, so what do we do? Well, I think... Romans says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And I tried to bridge the gap a little bit and go, okay, tears don't come out of my face very efficiently. Mm. So I try to sit with people and listen, be quiet, be somber, offer condolences. Another thing I think that's helpful uh, for robots without emotions is to speak. (laughs) We speak words of emotions. That's something I've learned Mm. with my wife. My wife said emotional things to me early in our marriage, and I wanted to retreat from that and be like, that's crazy and emotional. I will not tolerate it. You know, <laughs> like I wanted to like balance it out with being non-emotional. And I learned early on, it's much more helpful if I actually speak emotion back. You know, if she's upset, I speak back like, wow, that sounds upsetting. Or, you know, like that, mm. that is, that's worthy of upsetness, you know? Mm. Wow. That sounds upsetting. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all I heard you say. If you're, if you're a robot, that's how it works. <laughs> Oh, man. I think I'm. I think I'm less robotic about it now. I don't know. We need to have my wife call into the show. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say later on, but I was thinking we could mm-hmm. use that audio function. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you go to bigger.org/slash/podcast mm-hmm. on there, you can submit audio message. Oh. I was thinking if people have questions, they could cool. go on there and submit them if they mm-hmm. wanted yeah. to. But. It's in every description now too. Oh, nice! Yeah. Every episode description. That. I don't know what that means. Oh, show, notes. show notes. It's in the show we notes. Show every notes. Time. We Sorry. say show notes here. Show, show, notes. show notes. Yeah, send in an audio message. Let us know. Just cry if something on the we line. Said, we have a robot that will listen to your tears. <laughs> if something we said makes sense or helped you clarify something or if you have a question about something, like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's worth putting out there. I mean, obviously, you could just ask us in person, too. But Yeah. Well, I think we're through with empathy. Mm-hmm. I'm through with empathy. Wait, I have one last thing. Uh, no, we, we, we are not through empathy. We are not through. I just it just struck me as you were saying we're through. <laughs> I, that actually that actually the church services are are a training in that mm. the the musical sections I, I believe. Yeah. Sure, not just musical too. I mean confession. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I, so right, right, right. And what I was thinking of specifically is the. Um, the beauty of of the liturgy, which just meaning the structure of the service, the story we're telling in the music, um, and so I think that really is a bending of your emotional will to the story that's being told around you. And so, hmm. um, right, you may struggle the most with rejoice with those who rejoice. So the beginning of the service often is like hmm. it's loud and happy, and I'm not loud, feeling loud and happy, and but it is a, a gentle. Uh, submission to what but this is something this story like the, so the mm-hmm. gospel right now is something worth being loud and happy about so i'm going to enter into this group emotion of joy mm-hmm. even if it's a little too fast for me and then you know later on in our services we have times of confession and 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 maybe there's a sad song and maybe you're feeling loud and happy but again it's this mm-hmm. we're telling this this group story together of of our brokenness over sin 
and so I'm submitting my own emotional um, joystick. Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah. You know, I'm submitting to this. I'm gonna maybe there's people around me that are just completely wrecked right now by the brokenness around them, and mm-hmm. and I'm going to sing this song, this sad song together to to. Um, just yeah empathize with them so i think that's something we may not really be aware of is that is an actual great testing ground and practicing of of uh allowing your emotions to bend in a good way yeah. um allowing yourself to be moved in a good way so well in a really in good. a sacrificial way right and that, yeah. that leads into mm. you know empathy being refined by empathy mm-hmm. refines us into sacrifice and that's i mean yeah. we've already talked about it that's what judah does he, he offers himself as a sacrifice for Benjamin mm-hmm. uh, in the story, and, and eventually you, I guess you spoiled it, but <laughs> eventually, you know, we find out that Judah's going to be the line of kings, it's going to be the line of David, and eventually the line of, of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's from feeling that empathy and moving that into sacrifice. Yeah. You only talked about it for like two and a half minutes on Sunday morning, so I don't know if I, you have more I have this general more problem time than that. of but. spending them way too much time on my first point and then less and then less as we move through it. And right. I did it probably more this week than ever. Your sermon was only 50 minutes this week. Yeah, so only 50. We're all right. <laughs> it's only 20 minutes longer than my goal. That's all right. <laughs> goals goals are for breaking, right? I think I'm pretty much done with that goal because I haven't been able to achieve it ever. So, If at first you don't succeed, just quit? Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Draw the bullseye in a new location. <laughs> So Judah offers himself, and that's what breaks Joseph. And so, yeah, there you go, the end. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to be short like I was on Sunday. No, this is the part where you get to be longer. I mean, if you want to. We're we're in, um, what does Chris call this time? Are we in... Random time? Random Random time. time. (laughs) Well, the the prophecy comes later where, or the blessing, blessing slash prophecy that Jacob speaks over Judah, you're going to be the the line of kings. Um, so this is the line that Jesus comes through and from. And so in my mind, this is the big foreshadowing moment of, okay, this is this is what a king of Israel is supposed to be like. You know? mm, man, this is completely random. This is not Bible random studied time. or anything, but it did, <laughs> it did strike me another maybe just story pattern, mm-hmm. possibly um, the fact that the foreshadowing of Moses also mm. who left and his, his brothers were in captivity mm. and he came back to bring the brother out of captivity. Anyway, Whoa. just totally random. Dave can tell me if any commentary. No, I think ever. that's really good. And then the, the time when God's like, okay, I'm just going to kill them all and start over with you, Moses. And Moses mm. is like, no, take me. You know, he wants to give himself. You see Paul going through that same heartache in Romans nine, mm. man, I wish I could just give myself for Israel, you know? Mm. And so I think, our Bible heroes replay that. Well, I mean, it's the thing junior savior did. motif. Yeah, it's the junior savior about, motif. Right? Yeah, yeah. Motif. They're, they're echoing motif. You like that? I think that's French. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the sacrificial hero, mm-hmm. which makes for some great stories out there. Speaking of great stories, did any of you see the DreamWorks version of Joseph? That it's was been brought up so to me. Long. That was brought up to me in youth group. They're like, yeah. "Oh yeah, we know this whole story because we saw the movie." I was like, "What movie did you see?" Like, because I know there's the really yeah. old, like, I don't know, would you call it live action, Joseph? Um, the '60s yeah. musical, Joseph yeah, and the Technicolor. Dream I don't Cup. know. 
No, no, it's the, yeah, I know the newer one you're talking about. But, but then yeah. this one is, they were talking about, it's DreamWorks, so the same people that did mm-hmm. Prince of Egypt, I guess. Yeah. There's a song in there that's song. really great to work out to. That's, uh, great to never work mind. Out. Anyway, <laughs> never, <laughs> mind. No, give it, never mind. That was Moses. I'm thinking of Moses now. There's mixed a great up Moses. Those two Prince of Egypt, there's yeah, so Prince, many great ones. Yeah, yeah. I had that whole CD, CD memorized. Mm. We would listen to it in the car everywhere mm. we went. In my friend's car who had a CD player. We didn't have a CD player. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We also did not have a CD player, but, you know, it was 15 years prior. No one had a CD player. (laughs) Is it time to ask Dave if he had any random scholarly, you touch on all your random scholarly temptations? Uh, Yeah, the cassette, the silver mentioned 20 times. That was the most intriguing thing to me that just didn't make it into the sermon. I thought, ooh, that's cool, but eh, confusing and tertiary, maybe. Hmm. Still beautiful. Yeah, (gasps) I said it. Dang it. Beautiful. You're allowed to say it. <laughs> you get to say it. Just yeah, not so beautiful. <laughs> um, what else? No, man. It's just yeah. It's cool. It's a great story. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking my my son and uh, Joey's brother-in-law played Joseph and Judah in a play, and this was really cool to see dramatized this this uh, character development. I didn't know about this. Yeah. Uh. Yep. It must have been years ago. Home. It was probably when you were uh, in the Middle East or something. <laughs> yeah, it was maybe their junior year. No, their sophomore year. I don't know. I think it was their sophomore year in high school, hmm. which I think you were overseas. Yeah, but it was very cool. This is just a beautiful scene. So it's like mm-hmm. the the arc, the story arc of Judah being the one that's like, "Hey, let's sell him into slavery," and then now, mm-hmm. hey, I'm, I'm offering myself. That, Wait, was this the old western that they did? Yeah, they did. It was like an old western version okay. of Joseph's story. I remember now. Mm-hmm. It was very odd. <laughs> it is crazy. I mean, yeah, it just it makes you realize the whole life imitates art thing, and it's just like you couldn't write a play better than this, but it was mm-hmm. real life. It's just yeah, and you get we get to digest it in a, such a condensed form mm-hmm. and just also keeping that eye on that as like as you watch the drama of of the story these stories unfold remembering that living through it doesn't feel the same as mm-hmm. as watching it um yeah and you just got to be careful about that but yeah gosh it's such a crazy chris thing. can you explain i know you've been to uh conferences where they've talked about art I, try, I can't remember the phrase. It's like speaks truth from the side or mm, sneaks up on you or slant. something. Slant. Slant. What is that? Uh, what was the poet? Female poet? Uh, Emily? Uh, I, gosh, I'll have to look it up. But mm-hmm. yeah, tell it slant. That's the one One of the ways they say it. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of ways to talk about it um, that, that basically to make great art doesn't just it's not it's not just a documentary it's not just tell all the details of what happened in a in a bucket and people will understand it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you come at it from from the side Mm -hmm. where people don't even realize what where where you're coming from or where you're headed and then Mm -hmm. there's that those that beautiful moment of oh you were talking about this thing all along Mm -hmm. um the other way to say it i think is um C.S. Lewis talks about, especially our our stance toward religion, being like these sleeping dragons, like people who have had interactions with religion and um, and have built these defenses. And so there's like these sleek, sleeping dragons at the gate, and mm. and that art kind of has this way of 
sneaking around and into our hearts past these mm-hmm. sleeping dragons to to help us like beautiful true art obviously but it helps us to start feeling these godward things that must be true that we long to be true and then and then if the christian artist can they say and guess what that thing you're longing for to be true is actually true and is actually uh, the gospel and so um, so that's one of the beautiful things art can do is kind of sneak into our hearts and mm-hmm. then inform our heads from there. So Yeah, and that's tough. So for me, trying to be a preacher, so at one level, a job of a preacher is to proclaim the facts of the good news, um, but what God gives us often are these beautiful artistic stories, and he says, listen to the story, you know, enjoy the story. And that's how we'll get to this good news. And so that I feel like that's a dance when I'm trying to share the story. Like, okay, here's the story. we got to feel what it was like. What, what's it like in its original context? How can we understand the story um, and not rush to explaining? I'm, I'm an explainer. I think that's one of my gifts. But that's uh, I can go on overkill with explaining and kind of strip all the art out of it. So that's something I've struggled with with these stories is I'm, I'm trying to tell people, hey, if you're – hurting and you're going through hard times, listen to the story and enjoy the story. We, we can talk later mm-hmm. about what you're hurting and how you're going through that. And you might still have questions, but let's try to start with just letting the story speak to you and not try to answer all your questions up front, I guess. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the tension I've been trying to walk with these stories. Yeah. To, to put a bow to on, so the, the poetic line that you're referencing, the, the line I can remember is tell the whole truth, but tell it slant. And then it goes on to just basically talk about, if you just shine a light straight into people's eyes, mm-hmm. they'll be blinded rather than seeing the thing you want them to see. And so you kind of gradually increase the light and they can see it better. Mm-hmm. They can get a, acquainted with it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful to, to start to start mm-hmm. understanding and owning it slowly. And I, you've done an interesting job of that. I think that's been that's been fascinating to see of just that's actually getting them into walking through the real story of their life is that's how you have to experience the story of your life is one moment at a time. You can't, Mm. you can't unpack it all at once. You have to take it in this locked in time kind of observation too. So Mm. I think the other option is you shine the light into a disco ball. That's That's the end of the poem. That's the end of the poem. Perfect. Well, it's interesting because we've talked a lot about time travel movies. That's a big theme in time travel movies. Is like you can't handle Mm. too much fact about your life. You have to live your life. Like, and in time travel, that's always this tension of like, oh, we want to reveal a bunch of truth. No, they can't handle that. That would blow up their brain or mess up the future or whatever. You know. And there's a truth there. It's the of butterfly like, effect, right? Butterfly effect, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to experience our life, even as much as we want, like a download of, hey, can you just tell me the entire, you know, can you give me the encyclopedia of all meaning and purpose in my life right now? And then we don't get it in that mm-hmm. form. So. Yeah. Your word is a lamp to my feet, right? Mm-hmm. It's that, give, yeah. God, show me the next step because I can't. I won't be able to understand the whole thing, even if you told it to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to transition that into can't let it go for the week. Because my yep. can't let it go is actually kind of related to what you just said. Whoa. God, show me the way because the devil's trying to bring me down. Kanye West mm. and his uh, Sunday service. And mm-hmm. I guess he calls it his journey that he's on. But mm-hmm. yeah, been reading a lot on it. And 
just very interesting. Something yeah. that I think that God's probably doing a work, and and mm. it seems like mm-hmm. it's actually being this really cool, really big thing. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of been something that's on my mind. Yeah. The other thing that I was going to go for before I decided on going with that was just the playoffs have been really good. Probably speaking to a uh, empty room right here, but. <laughs> The the Yankees versus the Astros mm. were really good games. Really enjoyed watching them. Was really hoping for a game seven. Hmm. Um, Astros took it in six, so we'll see the World Series. And those um, are hockey teams. Yes, <laughs> yes, hockey teams based Back out Cannon. of Chris and I have been New reading Mexico poetry during and the playoffs. Canada. Curling, but um, <laughs> but yeah, World Series will be Tuesday night. Be Astros Nationals. Looking forward to that. Nice. But. Can we please get together and read poetry? That would be amazing. <laughs> Only if you do it at my house while I'm watching the game. <laughs> my my tie into both like of those. Dogs. Does that count? My tie into sure. both of those things is to rejoice with those who rejoice. Mm. I, I think they, <laughs> no, really though. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the Kanye thing too. I just keep thinking like mm. uh, people quick to judge, and I'm just like, let it be true, and I'm gonna rejoice in the truth as it comes. And obviously, he's not gonna be perfect and. Mm. Um, no matter what, we know that's not true because no one is sure. except Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I just, yeah. I'm it just, just looks like a lot of good. It. Yeah. And it seems yeah. like a lot of good. So cool. It's really cool. And again, he's rejoicing in truth. Like, let's rejoice with that, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you have any can't let it go, Dave? Well, I'm just going to keep going with the stream of consciousness here. Mine is just joy. <laughs> okay. uh, just joy. I, re- I read this devotional on and off. Well, you know, like I've already read through it and sometimes I go back and reread it. Uh, in my own kind of personal devotional times, I'm using a through the Bible in a year things. You know, I'm listening to a chronological Bible in a year plan, but then I also will read this devotional. I think it's something about grace, but it's by Jack Miller. Um, just a little daily readings. And he had several in a row on joy from Philippians 4, which has always been one of my favorite passages. It, it's got, don't be anxious, but pray. And then right before that, it's rejoice. Rejoice all the time. Um and I'm just fascinated by how those go together and, and how in my life at times I've just tried to not be anxious, you know, and then how do you not be anxious? Okay. Well, it says there you pray. Um, and then you get this piece, but before he heads into all that, it's rejoice, have joy. And, uh, so just been really trying to think through what that looks like. My wife just read an article the other day and posted it. said joy is one kind of courage. Hmm. Um, so I think in a culture of cynicism, you know, we want to pick at everything, kind of. We're tired of being sold to. We don't want to get about excited about something that other people want us to get excited about. I think the the singer Lord has this line in one of her songs. It's always struck me on that subject. It's like, I'm tired of people telling me to raise my hands or wave my hands or something. You know, it's like a thing you would say at a concert. And I think that's just a disease we have like we don't want to get excited we don't want to be sold we don't yeah, want to I want to be Miley Cyrus and put my hands up since they're playing my song we resist that yeah we resist it and so I just yeah I'm trying to have more joy more joy you just undercut his whole point thanks Joey <laughs> we're talking about I was having Did you joy with I, I was having joy with him. I was like yes here okay like, yeah, yeah, here's Joey's the crazy stupid. thing <laughs> we at some family camp we went to some some friends of ours years ago gifted us with the week at family camp and it was it was great and at camp there's way too much let's be happy people you know like for, for a cynical melancholy person like me it's a little overwhelming but i just was like wait no this is a gift i need to join in kind of like you were saying in the liturgy the liturgy trains us to be sad 
with other people and to be joyful mm. with other people. And we actually sang and danced to a Miley Cyrus song about 15 <laughs> years ago at a camp. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> and I thought, what have I, what has happened to me? What is going on? I will but, say, what have I that become? is heroic of yeah. you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> well done, being courageous. It takes joy. courage to have joy with yes. Miley Cyrus. Joy is courage. Again, yeah, I, I can't think of like one that's really a thought that's come I've been holding on to, but in this moment, I do. It does. One of the things I notice is with music, and and like talking to my wife, learning about it, being empathetic, things like that, is like just how how music can lead your heart and settle you. You know, it's like that. Gosh, uh, David before he was king, playing the harp for for mm. Saul, and it's like I just I'm just very aware of that. How we the, the two sides of it that people don't really notice. They don't notice how they're affected by the music they're listening to mm. often in mm-hmm. subconscious ways. And like, I'm feeling in a funk. Well, what the heck were you listening to before that? Mm-hmm. But also how I think uh, beautiful and true and good music can lead you out of, um, out of these moments of emotional turmoil and just using that as a tool. I'm just very aware, you know, I'll be talking to my wife and like, we're just like, man, we're just in a weird mm-hmm. state of emotion. And sometimes just playing a happy song on our phone is, is like yeah. such a huge tool for that. So anyway, I don't know that random thought, but Saturn by sleeping at last. It's a good one. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good question. What do you listen to? Is that What's the, your happy is that song? the, uh, Saturn has a ring around no, it. That's skillet. <laughs> Just kidding. No, that's Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Miley Cyrus. <laughs> no, the Sleeping at Last song, it's one of those, it's like awe. It's like uh, amazement and wonder mm. at the universe. It's really cool. Great song. Cool. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap us up. End of episode? End of episode. Well, thanks for tuning in to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For recordings of our sermons, for more podcasts, and to submit any questions or thoughts you might have, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. Oh yeah, they did it backwards. That's why it confused you. It should have been like the very first thing, but... Oh, they skipped the whole verse! Bad, whoa! That's painful. This is them trying to show the light from the side, from Slant. This is Slant. Slant Slant music. Slant music. Slant, Slant, Slant music. (laughs) Onward and forward. Good job. How long was it?